Welcome to the Physician Associate Podcast. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Physician Associate Podcast. My name is James. Today, I'm joined by Chloe Denyer, who's a Physician Associate in Liaison Psychiatry. Welcome to the show, Chloe. Hi, I'm Chloe. I've been working in liaison psychiatry for sort of around 10 months now, and it's a really interesting subject for me. Prior to this, I worked for almost two years in GP, um, so it was a bit of a step going into uh, liaison psychiatry, but it's been a really interesting time. Can I ask what prompted the move from primary care into psych? Um, I really enjoyed mental health aspects within GP. Um, it's a very different type of mental health within GP compared to sort of obviously the secondary services, but it re- really gave me some quite a lot of exposure to mental health as a specialty. And I just thought, why not try something a little bit different, a bit new, and just went for it basically. And were you going into a service in psych liaison as the first PA or? Did they have PAs established? Already? So they actually had uh, one PA already established um, who had been there for around a year when I joined the team. Um, and that was her first job outside of university. And so it was really nice to be in a team that already knew PAs quite well, and understood the role and, and the things that the role can do within the service itself. There are all sorts of different subspecialties within psych itself, aren't there? How, where does psych liaison fit into the, the bigger picture of, of psychiatry? So there's lots of different specialties within uh, mental health services. So we have sort of the the inpatient wards, which would be split between sort of adult and paediatric wards. And then you have the older adult services within that, um, separatism of the working age um, inpatient services. There's a lot of community services. So um, you have the more specialty services, which would be things such as the perinatal teams, the eating disorder services. And then you have the general community teams, which would usually cover um, either the working age or some of the older adult services as well. So uh, liaison psychiatry sits under sort of specialty services so um, it basically means that we are we work within sort of the general hospital where patients may present to A&E with mental health problems but also within the wards themselves so other general physical health wards um, for any patient who's presenting um, or has concerns in regards to a, a mental health diagnosis or a mental health illness we will go and review those patients and so it's a really interesting area we get to see a lot of people from all different specialties. I've done lots of referrals because I work in a medicine we often interface with our cyclies and colleagues and it's really nice to understand a little bit more about how it fits in for you so are there presentations that you see quite commonly and quite frequently in psych liaison? What are the things you sort of see day to day? Within psych liaison, I work over both the working age, so that is anything from sort of 16 to 65, and then also in the older adults, so 65 and above. Um, so obviously you get varying sort of presentations with, within those two specialties. Um, so particularly with the older adults, it may be patients who uh, have a diagnosis of dementia, um, but it could be kind of challenging behaviours within dementia. Um, sometimes we see patients with sort of psychosis or unusual delirium presentations within the older adults. And then with the working age, um, we frequently will get sort of um, presentations, particularly to ED, um, in regards to self-harm, overdoses, obviously a number of presentations for sort of perinatal um, eating disorders as well, um, as well as sort of psychotic presentations as well. So it is a real variety, but I would say, um, yeah, those are the the significant ones that we tend to get um, quite regularly. So you really are sort of at the coalface, at the sharp end of acute presentations people in crisis sometimes yeah we really see sort of the that real kind of high-end stuff really um so it's it's really interesting and and 
like I said, for a whole variety of psychiatry. So it means that you, you're not just kind of specialising in one specific area of psychiatry itself. It's sort of this this very sort of acute but variety within psychiatry, which is for me what is what makes it really really interesting. Absolutely, yeah. I can imagine no two days are the same. Perhaps even no two hours are the same. It must also be quite challenging at times is that fair to say or quite difficult yeah I think it can challenge you definitely to I think sometimes some of the cases that we get involved in can can deal with quite sort of difficult safeguarding concerns or sometimes about capacity assessments and people's you know decision making um, and that can be really quite interesting but also challenging to sort of decipher you know for that patient and understand sort of the family's concerns looking at the bigger picture and the other thing that can be sort of challenging I would say could be sort of the management of difficult patients particularly as well um, and also supporting the ward um, so it's not just often with one single patient it's not just dealing with that patient and what they've come in with it's the big picture so the, the family the ward itself and the discharge and the next steps for that specific patient to make sure the safety of the patient themselves is sort of prioritized but also um, the 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 whole picture from the the ward safety and everybody else's safety as well and ensuring that nothing really gets missed as much as we can. Of course, absolutely. I hadn't appreciated that amongst or around the patients that you're seeing is is the toll that's taking on their loved ones around them as well. It's a much broader picture, isn't it? Which I suppose is true of physical health as well, but often felt more sharply, I suppose, with mental health problems. As a physician associate, obviously we're all generalist and we all have a general medical training. Are you purely looking after your patient's mental well-being, or do you get involved in the physical health stuff as well as a PA? Yeah, so um, that's another thing I really like as a PA within liaison psychiatry is we are looking as well at the the physical health concerns um, for any of our patients. Um, I said particularly the older adult patients as well. Um, often patients who may be presented with confusion. Obviously, we're thinking about things like delirium, and it's it's the the um, you know the things that could be contributing to to those kind of patients. Um, but also um, for patients presented with eating disorders, uh, we're again looking at the the physical health needs there. So ensuring that we're checking sort of the ECGs, the QTC interval within ECGs their blood tests, uh, making sure, you know, that things are within the parameters. So it, there is a lot of sort of physical health involved, um, I would say, within sort of liaison, which for me um, is really, really important to ensure I keep up that sort of generalist knowledge. Um, so, yeah, it's quite it's quite broad in that way as well. So we start off the day by doing sort of a ward round um, just within uh, the office, within the team, go through all the patients on our list. Um, so as I say, going through all sort of the older adult and the working age patients. This can take some time, obviously, dependent on the number of people we have in the caseload. And from that, we'll sort of decide what jobs are needed. But then also during the day, we will have uh, sort of multiple referrals that come in. Um, and then we, we sort of just allocate those as it comes through during the day. So um, any day is different to the next basically so it can be really really varied I may have sort of you know a number of new patient assessments um, or it could be um, a majority of sort of reviews it can also con um, consist of doing sort of cognitive assessments um, we sometimes we have a uh, psychologist that also works in our team sometimes do some sort of therapy based work um, in, with her support can be really useful as well for the patients while they are um, in hospital too so it can be a whole variety of different things that we're able to do, uh, which is really exciting. Um, the other thing I've been able to do a little bit of my week at the moment is just giving some mental health training to some of the wards. So just for a couple of hours, one morning a week, 
doing some training just to ensure that they feel sort of supported and that we can sort of pick up on any concerns that they may have with some of our mental health patients within the hospital too. Oh, that's all brilliant. Excellent. A bit of outreach. Fantastic. Is there anything that you had to learn, especially to do your job that you didn't have the skills of coming through PA school? We all learn how to listen to hearts and chests and those kind of things. But was there anything specific as you started in psych that you either had to revise or new skills that you've learned that are tailored to psych? I would say some of the medication particularly I we we didn't really have any knowledge um, or very little knowledge of sort of the more some of the more kind of developed medications that are around in regards to psychiatry and I think also sort of the some of the diagnoses as well I, I think from from my opinion I think when I was in PA school the teaching that we had on mental health was quite limited but I had a fantastic mental health placement really really good um, and I got to see sort of ECT um, I got to go with the home treatment team so I was able to see quite a variety of different things at that that point um, so but I'd say the medication side of things is something that I yeah that I probably had to learn particularly sort of the depots um, injections and things like that right at the beginning was a big one for me I think also probably some of the the mental health act um sort of the section sort of section two section three section one three six all of these sort of things were sort of very new to me at the beginning and I'm still sort of trying to get my head around all the different types of sections at the moment which to a lot of the mental health nurses who I work with is sort of you know rolls off the tongue they know instantly what what those things mean so I'm still sort of learning aspects of the job I would say um but I think because because we are based in the general hospital, it's it's quite nice because I feel sort of it's majority of the things I am able to sort of really help and support the team with. And I feel that I can sort of manage as well. So but I've been, we're in a really sort of supportive team environment. It helps to even if there are things that I pick up that maybe I need to learn or that I feel that I probably am a bit more rusty on than the others, then it's an opportunity to do so. How have you landed as a physician associate? What's been the response of the sort of team around you? Yes, yeah, so it's been a really positive response. Um, it's a really good team to work in, multidisciplinary team um, and a very supportive environment too. Um, so we work with two consultants full time, within one within older adults, one within working age, and then another part time working age consultant as well. And then a large number of nurses, um, a clinical psychologist, as well as an occupational therapist as well. So it's a really supportive multidisciplinary team. Everybody's very supportive, based sort of understanding of what the PA role is, um, and they understand sort of some of the training that we may may have not had uh, for example as I mentioned before in regards to sort of um, the different types of sections um, but they understand also the medical knowledge and I think uh, one way that we can help support them is sometimes the the medical knowledge the mental health nurses do struggle sometimes with some of the medical knowledge that they've, they've mentioned to me um, so we sort of can work together and we can sort of help each other out on where um, maybe either one has less knowledge in which is quite nice to be in that sort of supportive environment where you where you're able to do that and the other thing is is we can also do sometimes dual assessments so with the mental health nurse we may go together to do an assessment together to sort of help support and manage the patients as we can too so it's quite a nice opportunity to work in that sort of environment yeah that sounds great like you complement each other's skills blends really well I imagine and from the junior doctor's point of view it must when they're rotating all the time to get experience it must be nice for you to be in post as that point of continuity 
Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really nice. We can sort of, it's the first couple of weeks, sort of take them under our wing, just helping them with, because there's a lot of different admin things and bits and bobs that we have to do, unfortunately, um, to to sign off all different systems. So it's quite nice to to be able to show them sort of the different things that we, um, what we do as a team and sort of the working within the team. And um, they're able to get kind of confident within just a couple of weeks and be able to do all the things by themselves after that time. So it's really nice kind of close working with all the different members of the team to be able to do that really. I must say I'm really impressed with the Royal College of Psychiatry have put an awful lot of effort into establishing the role of PAs in psychiatry and lots of support documents and resources on their website and webinars and they're really engaged in in making PAs successful in psychiatry. It's nice to hear that that support is there for you as well in your team. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's a really exciting time for any PA who wants to join psychiatry at the moment. I think there's going to be so many more opportunities within sort of the jobs themselves, but also within sort of the Royal College of Psychiatrists. Um, I think they've got a lot of things planned. Working in psychiatry um, can be challenging and it is it is a an area which can be challenging. And I think I, I talk to other people in different specialties, uh, for example, sort of A and E, and um, some of them say, "Oh, well, I could not work in psychiatry." It's you know, um, and I think it it can be really difficult for some people. But for other people, it's it's a real area where actually you can you can really help and you can really do things which are really positive for patients. And um, I think for myself, although it can be challenging at times for me, it's it's a challenge that I enjoy and it's a challenge that I'm able to sort of overcome and, and use sort of my skills and the my feeling towards sort of psychiatry to help those patients who are in need. Yeah, I imagine there are some really challenging days and also some really rewarding moments as well. So for anybody who's listening to this who might be considering employing a physician associate into their psychiatry service, they're writing a job description. What do you think makes an attractive job advert and a good job for a PA in psych? Yeah, so I think for any PA job advert, whether it's within psychiatry or not, it's about being making sure that the people who are offering the job knows what PAs are and knows what the role is itself and what the role entails. And there are sometimes jobs which pop up which which sometimes aren't aware of those things, but I think say a number of jobs really now do kind of understand what the role of the PA is but I think that's really important um, for your own especially being if you are a new PA for your own sort of support and your knowledge and your growth within sort of the PA role that's really really important um, in regards to sort of PAs uh, within sites specifically um, I think that particularly if you're going into more of a specialty area within psychiatry for example sort of the eating disorder services or um, perinatal services it's ensuring that that there is good support there so especially in regards to sort of possible teaching opportunities um, so that you're able to sort of get that continuous um, support. PAs don't have a significant amount of teaching within sort of those specialty areas and ensuring that teaching is available for those new PAs or PAs new to that specific role is is really important so that they feel supported um, and are aware of sort of the the different sort of specialty that specialty knowledge is really really important um i think also sort of a good support service from um, a mental health point of view and a well-being point of view rather than just the teaching side of things is really important so as i said with, within my team we've got a really good supportive sort of team environment uh, where you feel very well supported by the other members of the team um, but we also have sort of regular check-ins so regular check-ins with my supervisor which means I feel sort of very well supported in regards to my own sort of well-being 
And if I sort of had any concerns or issues in regards to maybe a specific patient that kind of concerned me or um, any concerns from any other points um, or particularly in regards to sort of um, areas which I feel that I'm struggling with, then I've got a really good opportunity to be able to reach out to to my supervisor, but also to the members of the team as well for further support. So I think support is really, really important in many different ways for a new PA specifically. Okay, brilliant. So for anybody who's thinking about coming into psychiatry, perhaps as a student or if they're thinking newly qualified and picking up their first job, are there any resources that you found useful in your first few months to learn from? Yeah, definitely. So the Royal College of Psychiatrists have loads of information on their website. Uh, lots of documents in regards to different sort of texts, um, textbooks and papers that can be really interesting and can be really good for a good read. Uh, there's lots of webinars available as well through the Royal College of Psychiatrists, but also through other services such as the Maudsley have some really good webinars and um, services which are available, which can be really useful. Yeah, I think that's probably particularly those things I've really used. Um, but the Royal College of Psychiatrists website has just so much information on and so many talks and different things. So I'd really sort of flag people to, the, to that website, really. So I think one of the big things that so I guess one of the concerns or perhaps the worries that people have about going into any specialty is it could be difficult to sit the recertification exam and you may lose some of your generous knowledge. It sounds like in Psych Liaison you do quite a lot of general physical health anyway. Have you found that difficult to keep up your knowledge? Yeah, so I think within liaison psychiatry it's a really kind of golden opportunity to keep up that generalist knowledge um you've got a wide exposure as i said to different patients of all different ages and often they can come in with sort of physical health concerns particularly our patients who are on the wards um and can be there for a number of weeks and we are sort of balancing their, their sort of physical concerns and their mental health concerns um but for different areas of psychiatry um i think other people do have people do have worries about sort of going into mental health and, and going in very specifically to that specific area and, and losing some of that general knowledge, just as you said. And I think um, one of the things that's, that's important is, you know, mental health and physical health do, do come in turn. And often people with sort of mental health problems do have physical health concerns. And for example, working in sort of eating disorder services, a lot of it is sort of physical health based. And there is also a lot of physical health work going on with some of the community teams at the moment as well for patients who may be on sort of certain antipsychotics. Um, and that sort of thing, it's really important to look at their physical health needs as well as, as their, um, their mental health needs. So I think it's it's not just about sort of the mental health when you go into mental health and psychiatry itself. It's going to be that about, like I said, that bigger picture, looking at the whole person, not just the symptom they're coming in with. Um, so I think it's a, it's a really golden opportunity to be able to have that exposure to different mental health needs and illnesses, but also different physical health needs and maybe how those sort of two intertwine. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's a really good point you've made. So obviously with the pandemic that we've all gone through over the last 18 months, two years. What impact has COVID had in your role and on psychiatry and mental health in general in your experience? Yeah, so I think um, a lot of services have seen sort of increase in demand, um, particularly within sort of mental health services. So I think there are a variety of different reasons for this. I think particularly at the beginning when the, the pandemic hit, some of the community services were not seeing consistently a lot of their patients face to face. It was more sort of over the telephone, similar to, to sort of GP services as well. And I think 
the, the difficulty is obviously with particularly mental health and sometimes being over the phone we're, we're not able to get sort of maybe the full picture with some mental health concerns and there was there, there is a potential risk of patients maybe relapsing um which may have been mitigated somewhat by face-to-face -face appointments the other thing is is obviously it's been a really distressing time over the last sort of 18 months or so and and people may may have had you know multiple bereavements if it's affected um specific families but there's also been a number of job losses and financial concerns and all of these are really big stresses in regards to people's mental health and it can be a, you know it's a really difficult time the other thing is is you know this is almost like a sort of trauma that we're all experiencing at the same time we've had a complete change to our lives and things have really changed for for all of us and I think all of us need to ensure that we sort of look after each other each other's sort of well-being ensuring that we're sort of checking in in people because this is a time which is different to any other really um, and I think because of that we've had increased presentations all in relation to this sort of experience of trauma that we're all experiencing so it's it's really really important to sort of check in with others check in with family members and friends just to make sure that everyone is sort of doing okay and if you know if there are any mental health concerns ensuring that there's support for them out there oh absolutely really well put and i imagine the after effects of the pandemic might be felt for years to come especially in services like yours what do you think the future holds for mental health services in general and for you personally your progression as a physician associate some of the plans within the government um, for the NHS I think the five-year plan in regards to mental health has increased funding for mental health services which is you know a really good opportunity if there is going to be an increased demand in service users um, to those services it's really important to have that um, I think there could be a, a, a potentially maybe a shift in some of the presentations um, so as, as we all know, I think there's been a sort of a quite significant increase in the number of presentations um, of children. So through the, the child and adolescent mental health services have seen a real increased demand. And I think that's something that, you know, we, we've already noticed already. And I think this could be something that could be increasing in the future with all the sort of drastic changes that that um, a lot of children and adolescents have experienced during the pandemic and, you know, could potentially go on to experience um, for a number of years, potentially. On the point in regards to sort of progression as a, as a PA, within mental health services and within psychiatry. I think it's a really exciting time to join. So the Royal College of Psychiatrists are doing sort of a lot in regards to physician associates at the moment. So I think it's a really exciting time with sort of the prospects of what that may have in the future. I think it's just an exciting time to be a PA anyway at the moment. Uh, within the you know the future uh, potential regulation under the GMC um, but I think for myself as a physician associate um, what I'm sort of looking at is sort of developing my role within um, the area that I work in at the moment I'm looking at doing some further teaching opportunities and I'm also looking at um, potentially doing the postgraduate uh, diploma in geriatric and medicine to help support sort of again my generalist knowledge um, and ensuring that I can sort of support our older adults from not just a mental health, but a physical health perspective too. Yeah, it's quite Excellent. exciting. Oh, good luck. Yes, I'm sure that'd be really helpful as well. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. If people have listened to this and have questions that they'd like to ask you about physician associates in liaison psychiatry, are you happy for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's absolutely fine. Perfect. I'll leave your contact details in the show notes below. Thanks, James.
And thanks to you for listening as well. I hope that podcast was really interesting to find out a little bit more about how physician associates work in psychiatry services. And if you'd like to get in contact with the Physician Associate Podcast, we're on social media as well at PA Podcast UK, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening and I'll see you again in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Physician Associate Podcast.